everybody out there, all you human beings, any extraterrestrials that are listening in on my radio show. Welcome to the Church of the Soul's Evolution. That's my new title. Reverend Blake Ruby, ordained minister. Yes, I am an ordained minister. I have been for about three years now. And I'm trying to take my show to the next level. It's great because anybody who's listened to my show before, you know me, you know what I talk about. All stuff pertaining to the spirit and the soul, reincarnation, and living on other planets around the universe. And so I'm going to start my show. Well, not actually started, but I'm going to say something that I've said before at the beginning of my shows, and it is at the beginning. And that is something I would like to do, just like Joel Osteen starts his service with pick up your Bible and say this like you mean it. I forget exactly what he says, but my friends, life would be different here on planet Earth if we knew that there was life elsewhere. If we were absolutely sure, convinced, positive, 100% certain that there was life out there, I guarantee it. Take it from me. You might not believe me. That's okay. But if we knew there was life out there, it would make things different here on Earth. And that's the quantum that we're stuck in you will, quandary, is we don't know that there is life out there. We don't have proof. We don't have evidence. We don't have a piece of a flying saucer. We don't have had, we haven't had contact with extraterrestrials. They haven't landed in the front lawn of the White House. They haven't landed in your backyard so you can go out and touch the spacecraft and meet the people who are, the beings who are inside the spacecraft. That's the only way most people would be convinced. Seeing is believing. But actually, as the Bible teaches, and that's one thing I'm going to do more in my new show. Well, it's the same show, but different title. And that is to refer to the Bible more. And so it goes like this. All the life here on Earth, over a million types of insects, over 30,000 types of fish in the oceans and seas and rivers and lakes, over 10,000 types of birds and reptiles, over 9,000 types of amphibians, all kinds of different bodies, right? Different shapes and sizes, some with wings, some without wings, little eyes that work perfectly. Over 5,000 types of mammals, all the flowers and trees, fruits and vegetables, all that happened by accident, logically, and I know anybody who has graduated from kindergarten could recognize the logic in this, and that is, logically, if that life here happened by accident, then logically it could happen by accident anywhere in the universe. And there's, I don't think, one person out there on this planet that doesn't know there are other planets out there besides in our own solar system. 
with the Kepler Space Telescope, discovering them all day, and the James House Space Telescope on its way to its orbit about a million miles away. Still, I think it's in transit. Other planets, my friends. So, if it happened by accident here, it could happen by accident anywhere. I do mean anywhere. A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E in the universe. But... There's a creator who is powerful and knowledgeable enough to create all this life, the life I just mentioned here on Earth, all the different types of bodies. Logically, that creator would have the power, right, 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 to create either the same or different life like we could not imagine anywhere in the universe. So, through logic... I have bridged the gap between belief and knowledge. And there you have it. There is life elsewhere in the universe. Thank you very much. I can hear the applause in the background. Thank you. Finally, right? Someone has done it. We don't need proof. We don't need hard evidence. They don't need to land in your backyard so you can meet them. They are out there. That life. And I'm not talking about plant life or animal life. I'm talking about sentient beings. Just like in Star Wars, although I don't like that name, Star Wars, because peace is something we want, and not only here on our planet, but elsewhere in the universe. We don't want outer space to be a warlike domain. Unless you like dying, you want to die, you have a death wish. If that's what you want, then fine. Isolate yourself from the rest of us that want to live peaceful, happy lives and raise families, okay? We can put you on some island somewhere in seclusion where you can live with your fellow dictators, bullies, and tyrants. Of course, you won't have the option to reproduce, and then you can just live off your life's Leave the 80 plus percent of the population here on Earth who are good, decent, family oriented people and want to live happy, peaceful, enjoyable lives without the bullies and the tyrants and the dictators, if you know what I mean. But for those of you who are like that, that small minority, I understand. Someone like Hitler, for example. Who knows, maybe he was sexually abused when he was a child, or physically abused, or verbally abused. And that would change anybody's behavior, you know. You have to admit that we're not, we're not really responsible for our actions when we're younger, right? When we're babies, our parents look after us, they shape and they mold us. They create us into kind of like clones of themselves, right? You understand, right? So when are we really responsible for our actions? 17, 18, 21 years old? I submit to you that we're not really responsible for our actions until our parents pass away and then we realize our best friends in the whole world, our mother and our father, are no longer with us. Like what happened with me in 1999, 
My dad passed away first on the 28th of July. He was 81. And 10 days later, my mother passed away. She also was 81. And God, mother and father God, the creator of the universe, which you can differentiate, the creator of the universe, was the one that initiated the Big Bang to create the physical universe. Our mother and father God are co-creative gods, which is part of the plan when God, the supreme creator, decided to create solar system after solar system and galaxy after galaxy to propagate, to perpetuate, to expand and grow his, herself, and the physical universe. We are all microcosms of the Supreme Creator with the ability to create or destroy by using our words. Just like the Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And everything that was created was created by God. But as co-creators, going through that process of evolution and through reincarnation, we live on one planet after another. We're born into one planet, like we were born into this planet. Born, you remember, when you were born into this planet? And we existed before we were born, of course, of course, of course. And we will be going back, eventually, to where we came from. Now, if some might visit God's jail, otherwise known as H-E-L-L, if they do really bad things, kind of like you have to pay the penalty for the price. You have to pray, pay the penalty for what you do. You have to pay the price for what you do, for your mistakes. That's universal law, my friends. You make a mistake, you have to pay for it. You kill somebody, that's bad karma. Then you'll have to make up that karmic debt, either in this life or the next life. Any harm that you put on another human being will come back to you. For me, for you, that's universal law, karma, which is real. Don't you enjoy this? This is soul the soul's evolution kind of stuff. The church of the soul's evolution. Yes, my friends. And the Bible. The Bible... I love the Bible in so many ways because it is the best account of divine intervention than any other book in the history of the world. What happened before in the past, that divine intervention with Moses and Jesus and other people, so many other people, the patriarchs of the Bible, the disciples, Paul, you know, divine intervention, like Paul on the road to Damascus, Moses, the parting of the Red Sea, all those miracles that he did to try to change the Pharaoh's mind to let the people of Israel, the Hebrews, go out of Egypt. What Jesus did, all the miracles that Jesus did, amazing stuff. One movie that you haven't seen, you ought to see, and that is Avatar. Avatar 
director James Cameron really hit it out of the ballpark. And I think up until right now, that's like the best-selling movie ever. It's made billions of dollars all around the world. And one thing I'd like to bring to your attention in that movie is that they're able to create bodies. Those blue bodies, being those blue sentient beings, what are they called? I forget. doesn't matter. But they're able to create those bodies, which are just like human beings. They have tails, right? They're blue. They work even probably better than a human body. They can run. They can, you know, they're very proficient at everything they do. Hunters, gatherers, you know, low, still in lower stages of their evolution, you know, would be spear and bow and arrow and living off the land and nature, you know, not like us. Our civilization at this time, much more advanced than they were in the movie, so to speak. But what the humans are able to do in the movie Avatar is put their astral bodies and their spirits into those blue bodies and then operate them in a way just like you and I walk around and are able to do things. Now, that's a very interesting concept. I'd like to ask you to consider that when you think about some of the intervention we've had in the past. Jesus, for example, is the number one example, actually. The Jesus who performed the miracles is considered this theory, if you will, that an extraterrestrial being, like the ones in the movie Avatar, the human beings, consider a very advanced race of extraterrestrials and putting themselves into a human body that they created in maybe a day, or probably takes about a day to create it because it's very complicated to create a human body. You know, with the just like it was in Avatar with those blue bodies, you know, they have hearts and the hearts pump the blood through miles of veins all throughout the body. And they have the muscles and the joints, the bones, and central nervous system, the brain, the eyes, all the senses. And you might have um, different bodies like the astral body, the physiological body, the fluidic body. It takes a lot of knowledge and attention and care to create a body like an avatar. And so imagine, if you will, a being from another planet, elsewhere, elsewhere in the universe, in our Milky Way galaxy still, maybe one of the most advanced technologically and spiritually in our galaxy, who are capable of traveling around, just like in Star Trek, you know, able to go warps with their spaceship, which is the one I'm thinking about, is actually circular in design, approximately 70 meters in diameter. And they can travel many more times the speed of light. Now, Einstein, in his theory of special relativity, said nothing can travel faster than the speed of light, and essentially he was right in the material universe. 
you can only get up to the speed of light, to close to the speed of light, and then you can't get any faster because mass contracts, time slows down, but that building up of energy can be utilized to power some mechanisms that convert the spaceship to a type of material that is conducive to then slip into another dimension, if you know what I mean. And once you get into the parallel universe dimension, the spiritual dimension, fourth dimension, then thought, traveling by thought, is of the essence. So it's like converting some material object to an ethereal object, but it still exists. It's all got to do with molecules, rearranging, reassembling, disassembling of molecules of the spaceship, of the occupants inside the spaceship. It's just a question of figuring it all out, you know, over the years, because they've been in existence longer than we have. It's as simple as that, my friends, you know. You have to understand from the beginning of the universe, from the Big Bang outward, one solar system after another, the Creator, in his her infinite wisdom, decided not to create the first civilization way, way down the road, 15 billion light years away in the spiral arm of the Milky Way galaxy, but before then, more than likely in the first solar system. You know what I'm saying? And so these civilizations, those civilizations, have been in existence for hundreds of millions of years, billions of years even. And suffice it to say, they're much more intelligent than we are. I know that's hard to believe. I'm just kidding. But they are awesome. They really are. And so imagine, if you will, back to the imagining part, them putting their body into a human body, like an avatar, bringing their spaceship under the cover of night or maybe under the cover of the parallel universe, which they're able to pop in and out of, and dropping this person who has been briefed and brought up to speed and, and taught how to speak the language, what to expect. They can predict the future a short time in advance of what's going to happen in the future. And then always being in constant touch with that spacecraft over the years of Jesus' ministry. So he shows up, he's about 30 years old. Now, this Jesus is different than the Jesus who was born in Bethlehem. And when you're born into a planet like this one, you go through the river of oblivion and all your past life memories and your memories of your pre-existence are erased for a very specific purpose, and that is so that you can live on this planet and learn basic social values, learn how to love your fellow human being, your neighbor. A lot of young souls, I think, are on this planet, as well as old ones, too. Anyway, so that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, indeed he was an advanced soul, and after 12 13 years, he left the area there, 
Judea and went to Burma, China, and Japan, where he settled down, got married, had children, raised that family, and died of a late old age in the 90s. Check it out on the internet, my friends. Honshu, Japan. Japanese know that. But the Jesus who performed all those miracles was the avatar, to use that as an example, or so you can understand the, the Jesus that was inhabiting that human body back then from another civilization in our Milky Way galaxy, in constant communication with the spaceship up above that helped him perform some of the miracles to include feeding 5,000 people on the Sermon on the Mount, beaming down that food and in the baskets too, the fish and bread. Unless you think you had some other explanation for it, or maybe you didn't give it a lot of thought before. You don't care about the details and don't want to know how things happen. But I'm telling you one theory on how it happened, believe it or not. Not only feeding the 5,000 on the Sermon on the Mount, but walking on the water, attract a being from above, very simple. Keeping him on the water's surface, raising Lazarus from the dead, administering a chemical to him by beaming down at night next to his bedside that would slow his heart, make it look like he was dead, but he was still alive. But it appears that he's dead. And then they put him in the tomb. And he was there for, what, three, four days, beaming into the tomb, administering another chemical to revive the system. Of course, Jesus knows this. He's previewed it prepared for it, knows what's going to happen. And they roll away the stone. Lazarus comes forth. Of course, he's awake. He's functioning. He's wrapped up. And people, of course, are very impressed. It looks like Jesus raised him from the dead. They don't know how, like you don't know how either. Some kind of fantasy idea with no explanation in regards to the details, but I just explained to you how. Unless you have a better idea, you know what I mean? I'd say that respectfully, too. And then, of course, all the other miracles. The curing of the blind. They said that we talked about it last week, how Jesus spit into this person's eyes. In another instance, he spit into the dirt and picked it up and put it into that person's eyes and then went and washed his eyes in the pool of whatever it was, but some in a year. Anyway, well, I submit to you that he had a, a very fine powder. They knew what was wrong with that individual's eyes. And they did some research. They knew these people in advance how they were going to help them. Jesus was in with it, too. He understood what he had to do. So with some forms of blindness, it can be cured. There could be a simple solution to curing. Even a chemical put into the eyes could 
cure that blindness. And I submit to you, that's what happened. They had some kind of powder that Jesus mixed with his spit, which is perfectly acceptable, rubbed it in the person's eyes, go wash your eyes, and then voila, another miracle, apparently. But still, just technological, how would you put it, performing those miracles as a result of technological knowledge, medicine, very advanced medicinal knowledge. You know what I mean? Yes, I like the Bible. The Bible was inspired by God. I mean, let me rephrase that. God inspired the writers of the Bible. And those people back then were not very advanced technologically. Of course, you know that. I don't know if most of them were old souls. One can assume that they had a lot of advanced souls back in those times, you know, even without all that technology. And so they wrote a lot and were inspired by God, and we can do that right now ourselves. I have done it. It's called Automatic Writing. Have you ever heard of the books, Conversations with God by Neil Sean, Neil, I forget it, Neil um, Donald Walsh is his name. You can have a conversation with God also because you are a child of God. There's one thing about the Bible is that there's a lot of discrepancies within it that I'd like to clear up over the shows that I'll have in the future to set things straight because I fear that a lot of discrepancies have crept in over the years and people are being misguided by a lack of truth in regard to some things that the Bible talks about. For example, we talked about it in church last Sunday. And I go to church because I, I enjoy the atmosphere. People who believe in God, to talk about God and Jesus, it's better than not talking about God and Jesus, if you know what I mean. So we were talking about John 3.16, so God so loved the, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And I have a big problem with that, because I consider myself a son of God. I don't care what anybody says. I am a son of God. And you, man out there, are a son of God, too. And you, woman out there, are a daughter of God. And that is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Jesus, as I mentioned, was a man, a simple man. He had bowel movements, and he had to urinate several times a day, no doubt. A man, an ordinary man. We live in a, a world of fantasy nowadays, and we're out of touch with reality. You see all these violent movies, all these violent movies, yet when an active shooter situation happens, we get freaked out. Why is that? So the point I'm making is Jesus was a human being in a human body. As I explained, that's what I believe. I know that, too. And so also Jesus taught us to pray that 
Jesus, who I have a special name for. I consider him like a brother. And I will meet him, just like you will, if you're a believer in Jesus. And what a noble pursuit, my friends, to study the life of Jesus. There is no more noble pursuit, in my opinion, to study the life of Jesus and the miracles that he performed. So he taught us to pray, Our Father, who art in heaven. And that really is case closed. That explains it right there that we are all children, our Father. Now, you can ignore that. You can forget that you heard it, what I just said, for those people out there that believe that there's only one Son of God. You can just have it go over your head and not think of it again. But maybe you'll remember that Jesus taught us to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, our Father. And so... There can't be only one son. Bottom line, Jordan fades back, shoots, swish, game over. We are all the children of God, my friends. Also, it says in the Bible that no one comes to the Father, and no mention of the Mother God, of course. We live in a universe of male and female, a universe, not just this planet, my friends. Male and female, alpha, omega, the yin and the yang, the positive, the negative. Male and female is what makes up this universe. The supreme creator of the universe is both male and female. Angels are both male and female, androgynous. To think that there is only a father God is not the intelligent thing to think because logically a father cannot create children on his own. I don't know how some Christians believe that Father God could create the spirit children that we are when we existed before we were born without that female aspect. There is a mother God, and you will find out when you get to heaven, I guarantee it. Absolutely. That is the truth. There is both a mother and a father God. Also, father God is a man, and a man has desires. I am a man. I would not want to live a life without a female. I enjoy female accompaniment. I am married to a woman. I enjoy having a woman by my side to talk with. Don't you think that Father God is the same? And Father God wants a woman by his side? Now, come on. You have to be logical about this. That is the truth. And the truth will set you free. Learn to think for yourself. Walk alone. Get on that path of your soul's evolution and forget what you were told to conform. Don't be afraid of what people will say about you if you're not conforming with what they believe. That myth, that lie is perpetuated from one generation to the other because 
people just don't have the courage to believe things for themselves, to learn things for themselves. Do the research. Listen to what I'm saying. I'm getting old. I don't have too many more years on this world, and that's okay. I've got more years behind me than I have in front of me. I'm 67. I've learned a lot over the years. I've dedicated myself to my soul's evolution. My mother, may God bless her soul in the spirit realms, wherever she is. She put me on the path because she was a good person. She was a a mystic. She studied mysticism. And they say that Jesus was the greatest mystic of all. You have to have knowledge of mysticism to perform miracles, you know. Also, take some people living around the world that have never heard of Jesus. In Siberia, some island in the Pacific, in South America, in the Amazon basin, some tribes there, the Native American Indians that existed here in America before human beings came across the ocean and settled here, right? On the Mayflower, Columbus. And actually, he discovered the Bahamas. He didn't discover it. He never set foot on American soil. But If they didn't believe in Jesus back then, no one told them about Jesus. Does that mean that they couldn't get to heaven? Because it says in the Bible, there's only one way to get to the Father, and that is through Jesus. I submit to you, just based on what I told you, based on what I told you just now, that is not true. You don't need any intermediary to get to heaven. You can have a direct relationship with your father and your mother in heaven. Of course, Jesus does exist, and you'll see him in heaven, and he's at the right side of the father and the mother. He has his own throne there in the throne room, to the best of my knowledge, from what I've read, information I've gathered on that subject. Jesus can help you to get there by your belief in Jesus. So not everything the Bible says, I believe in. I don't believe in everything the Bible says. Most of it. Does that make me persecutable because I don't believe in everything? You are a naive person if you believe in everything a book tells you. And it's really just a book. A book is a book. It's like a virus is a virus, whether you call it the flu, COVID, the Omicron variant, the Delta variant. A book is a book, whether it's the Bible or 90 Minutes in Heaven or Heaven is for Real or just think of all the other billions of books that are out there. You put your faith in the book, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's true. I'm not trying to shatter your faith. A book and your faith should be a stepping stone, or religion is a stepping stone for where you need to go. Who's you 
need to be. You are a soul on a soul's journey. Religion is a money-making business. You think they have your best interests at mind as far as evolving your soul and developing yourself spiritually, which is really what they're here for on earth. You're not here for anything else. I mean, of course, you know, it's a beautiful ride, a beautiful planet, a wonderful planet. And there's lots of pleasures and freedoms that we have. We raise families, we have cars, we have houses, we raise children, get to see them, and it's very satisfying, it's rewarding, it's beautiful. But you also need to be you also need to be developing we need to be developing ourselves spiritually and evolving our soul. And there's many ways to do it. And also with the Bible, Adam and Eve. In my opinion, and I can say I know, it's not true. It's a fantasy. Because you have to understand religion being a money-making business, their intent was to dominate, to make money, and to have power over the people. In the beginning, throughout the centuries, where we are today, that was a nice fantasy idea. And have Jesus come and supposedly free us from our sins. He died on the cross. But what most Christians don't realize is that he was resurrected. So therefore, you can't use he died on the cross as a reason for him dying for our sins. Because he came back to life. So where does that make the dying for our sins go, if you know what I mean? Logic, my friends. Jesus died on the cross, yes, but he came back to life. So what I'm trying to say is, you can repent for your sins to your creator of your soul and your spirit, your mother and father God. You don't need Jesus. Adam and Eve is a fantasy. The creator of the universe would not have put them in that kind of situation knowing that they would be disobedient from the tree of life, all for the purpose of condemning them, banishing them from the garden, when he knew, he, she knew in advance they would do that. The Creator is not that kind of a mean, spiteful person, being to do that, first of all. And second of all, the Creator... Let me take a drink of water. Let me take a drink of water. Would not put that fruit available to them, knowing that they would eat it. And then banish them. The Creator is not a mean, spiteful, evil person. So first of all, again, to go back over what I said, the Creator, you have to admit, agree with, that the Creator is omniscient, able to look into the future, knowing everything. The Creator would not have wanted to tempt them on purpose, knowing that they would eat of the fruit and then be unforgiving. The Creator is very forgiving, not unforgiving, and banish them from the garden and then condemn human beings to a lifetime of suffering and pain until 
a redeemer is sent many centuries down the road afterwards to redeem them, what a fantasy. Oh, my God. And I can tell that that's a pretty, pretty serious discrepancy in the Bible, where some people are being led like sheep to the slaughterhouse in that form of believing that nonsense. I've explained it, yet I understand that some people still don't get it, you know? Let me start again. The Creator is omniscient, omnipotent. Why would the Creator want to tempt them and attempt their obedience, knowing, knowing in advance they were going to be disobedient, and then banish them in a mean, spiteful way? The Creator does not work like that. Creed is very forgiving. So the bottom line is you don't need Jesus to redeem you. It's now 20 centuries later, and I'm sure Jesus and the people back in those times didn't even give a second thought about us here living on planet Earth 20 centuries, 2,000 years later. Now, John had his revelations, the dreams. I had dreams, too, you know. What makes John all that greater than me? And that's if you believe everything that was written about his dreams. But supposedly, you know, this and that happened with John. I believe he visited heaven. And he saw the throne room of God, just like Paul did. Now, don't get me wrong, there's so much I like about the Bible. But again, you don't need an intermediary. If you are a sinner, just repent daily and stay reconciled with your loving creator of your soul and your spirit for your mistakes. And, you know, when you do a mistake, try not to repeat it again. Some people do that over and over again. I've done it. The purpose of repenting is not to do it again, yet people do it. Some people that say the blood of Jesus saved them from sin. Does that mean they have the right to go out if they're a believer in Jesus and confess, you know, I'm born again, I believe in Jesus, and that they can go out and do anything, kill somebody, and then because they're washed in the blood of Jesus that they're not going to be held guilty for the terrible sins they commit? No. So, in my show, my friends, The Church of the Soul's Evolution, we try to, I try to get to the heart of the matter, the truth that needs to be straightened out. There are some serious errors, if you will, with the Bible, and the truth needs to be told. The Virgin Mary, for example, she became impregnated. How did you think that happened? How? What In what fantasy world do you envision that happening? Very simply, she was impregnated by that race of extraterrestrial beings, artificial insemination. And that's the truth. The star of Bethlehem, no one gives that much Thought, you know how that came to be? A light shining down from up above on the manger where the 
baby Jesus was born, not like a heavenly body which is constantly in motion, shining down like a flashlight beam, like you've seen where they sell fireworks, they have those lights that shine up into the sky. Well, just imagine that same light shining down on the ground from up above, coming from some place. Well, I submit to you it was an extraterrestrial probe by the same race of extraterrestrials, which was rendered luminous. You know what I mean? Now, I ask you a question. I'd like you to envision something, please. Imagine something. When do you think that light, that probe, disappeared? How long after Jesus was born? And did it ascend quickly into the sky or shoot up and disappear behind the clouds? What do you think? Did it flash with multicolored light? It must have been something to see, really, back then. Was because all of a sudden it was there, and in the next second it was gone. It disappeared. Did you ever think about that? And the people, they must have just been freaked out over that. Where is that light coming from? That's not the sun. That's not the moon. That's not a star. And the devil, like the devil, for example, some people think that the creator of the universe is limited in his or her ability to create a perfect being or to create something that is imperfect. The creator of the universe is perfect and does not make mistakes, my friend. Creator of the universe, when makes when he she makes angels, she makes them he she makes them in a specific way. They are not born like us; they are created, and they do not have the option in their intellectual faculties to be disobedient and or to rebel in any way. You have to understand that the creator does not make mistakes with Israel creations, that they are done exactly the way he, she wants them. And so the fantasy that the devil, Archangel Lucifer, rebelled is absurd because you're saying, if you believe that, that the creator made a mistake I was not able to foresee in advance that the angel that he, she created would rebel and be disobedient. No, angels are perfect beings, perfect creations made by a perfect creator. The devil rebelling as a fantasy created by man for purposes of intimidating the people in their endeavors to have power over them and make money. Now, how many times do I have to say that before you understand it? If I am shattering your faith to start again each day, you are a God in the making. Like I said in my website, my new website, 
Jesus said, you are gods. We are co-creator gods in the making. Find your own way. You can use stepping stones like religion and other purposes, other means, I mean, other ways, I mean. You can do it. You are a strong, powerful spirit and soul, loved by your mother and father, God, and the Supreme Creator, just like a grandfather, grandmother. So the devil has a purpose. The devil serves the Supreme. Actually, let me rephrase that. The devil, Archangel Lucifer, has a purpose. He, he is in charge of demons. Demons are real, like angels are real. Demons serve a purpose, and that is to intimidate, harass, and prompt us evil human beings to stay on our paths, our missions that we were given before we were born into this world. And God knows, you know, how evil some people can be. Take, for example, Hitler or Saddam Hussein or Napoleon or Alexander the Great, people who tried to take over, conquer the world and kill, were responsible for killing many people in the past. Now, is there any doubt in your mind that there are some people that need some serious intimidating and harassing to stay on their God-given missions for this world, just like you were given a mission before you were born up there in the pre-existence in the spirit realms? whether it was a father god, if you're a male, predominantly male spirit, or the mother god, if you're predominantly female spirit, you were face-to-face with them and they gave you a special mission. He or she gave you a very special mission. And you know we stray from our missions. We go down the wrong path. Sometimes the path of substance abuse, of getting caught up with the wrong people, of... um, Living for freedom and, well, not freedom, freedom's a good thing to live for, but for the pleasures of life, carnal pleasures, suffice it to say, you know what I mean? All those pleasures, going back to what I said before, are really here to develop spiritually, but you do have a mission, a path you need to stay on, so that when you die one day, you transition to the spirit realms, then you will have accomplished your mission. In other words, graduated with honors, my friends. You know what I mean? Graduated with honors, that's the purpose. Don't you want to graduate with honors from this life? Because you are a soul on a soul's journey. And this is just one planet, I guarantee you, I promise you, This is the truth. This is just one planet that you will live on in the journey of your soul. In the future, you will be born again on another planet, elsewhere, maybe even on this planet. But I wouldn't want to come back to this planet. How about you? Would you? If I had to, I would. You know, God said, you have to go. I want you to go back. 
Sure. I'll do whatever you want, Mother, Father God. So the devil is Archangel Lucifer. He's in charge of the demons, just like Archangel Michael is in charge of the angels. Hello? And he's also, Archangel Lucifer is also in charge of God's jail, the hell, down below the surface of the earth, in the center of the earth, where there's deep, cavernous areas there, and lots of lava, fire, rock on fire, molten lava, where you hear these stories about people, the gnashing and gnarling of teeth, people who are in these lakes of fire because they're serving their sentence for the sins, for their mistakes that they committed here on earth. And there's also cells down there. Of course, it's a terrible place. It smells like the worst place ever. There's demons everywhere prompting you, um, prodding you, some demons that will tear you apart. And then because you're spirit, you're made of spirit, then you just come back together again. And then you have to, but the pain is real. There's a couple of demons that are just absolutely grotesque and huge and have claws and teeth and can rip a spirit body into pieces before it forms back again. And then you have to re-experience it. And that's what hell is, is just the re-experiencing of all this pain and suffering because you made a mistake, a serious mistake, like killing somebody or raping a woman, sexual abuse, not believing in God. All right, my friends, I've got one minute left. Welcome to the Church of the Souls Evolution. I look forward to next week. Don't you know I love you? You're all awesome. You are co-creator gods in the making. So here's a quick prayer to the Supreme Creator of the Universe who initiated the Big Bang. Supreme Creator, we love you. Thank you for your help. Please bless us, everybody, all your children. Talk to you next week. Bye-bye.